Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. We have got a fun show for you guys today. As you guys can see, I'm not alone on this one, so you guys are <laughs> in luck. You don't have to just listen to me. We've got somebody who is very familiar with joining me on our podcast, and that is Brandon Seho. New venture for both of us this year as SMU uh, you know, takes on Cincinnati for yet another time. So happy to have you back on the On the Pony Express podcast, man. Thank, thanks for uh, joining us today. Happy to be here, Billy, or as we call each other, Bob. Do you give people the rundown of like how we know each other, or do we just do this as professionals? Do we do this every year? Uh, you know, Brandon and I did meet covering LSU. Long story short, uh, we ended up rooming together in Baton Rouge for a few years, and obviously our paths uh, continued on the same you know, track in a sense that we, you know, are either on the same beat or uh, covering teams that uh, play each other and, and things like that. So uh, it works out pretty well for us, I'd say. Yeah, it's fun. And then sometimes I go to Dallas, you come up to Cincinnati, I get into some good food, you get into some Skyline, it's fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, Skyline is another thing. There are plenty of other places we enjoy in Cincinnati, but, uh, you know, we do the, the you know, trading of, uh, of, of city, our city's best, I guess. We, we, we take in the, all the food and all the, uh, not all the drinks, but, you know, plenty of that too. A, so, lot, of, a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get, let's get into, you know, what, what you're here for, uh, you know, talking about Cincinnati Bearcats, obviously a team that went to the college football playoff last year, very different roster, but it's still a Luke Fickle led team. They're still very, very good. One of the best teams in the conference. So, now tell me a little bit about this year's uh, version of the Cats and and what you kind of have seen for them uh, covering them so far. Well, this season, like you said, they're coming off the greatest season in, in their history at the University of Cincinnati. You lose nine players of the NFL draft, including quarterback Desmond Ritter, uh, running back Jerome Ford, obviously three guys in the secondary. So a lot to, to pick back up and try to – they're not going to repeat but it's not a rebuild. Coach Fickle calls it a reload. And they were this close to winning the opener at Arkansas. Quarterback Ben Bryant had a couple overthrows, but they were still in it in the fourth quarter, lost by a touchdown. This team's still pretty good. You know, they slipped up a little bit against South Florida. We're losing a lot of that game on homecoming. As you know, those homecoming festivities can sometimes get the best of not just the fans, but the distractions that come for some of the students and the coaching staff. So this team, 5-1, and one, I think they could be 6-0. and They should have beat Arkansas, as we're seeing now. Arkansas is starting to fizzle out a little bit. They're 3-3, three and three, I think. So still a very, very lethal team, but we've seen they can be beatable. But like you talked about, a Coach Fickle team, really aggressive, really sound in most games, going to be a tough challenge for the Mustangs. Well, and another thing that, you know, you look at this team and, and Coach Fickle's talked about it a little bit this week where – you know, SMU and, and going on the road to face any team in the conference, but especially a team with some firepower for the most part that SMU has, you're going to have a battle. You know, Cincinnati escaped uh, kind of in a way, the way Luke Fickle, you know, talked about it two years ago. That game just kind of spiraled for SMU in the fourth quarter. We could right. see a similar result, but, you know, it was a one possession ball game, I believe, going into the fourth quarter. And then you had you know the big Desmond Ritter run. He escapes, makes a huge play, uh, and then Cincinnati's kind of in business from there. And SMU kind of had to press, and it it just kind of fell apart. Uh, this Cincinnati team is 
it does look a little bit more beatable. Ben Bryant's been very good. He's got the tools, but he's also thrown some interceptions. Still, this skill position group uh, that Cincinnati has is going to be one of the better ones all year that, that SMU's faced. Yeah, no doubt about it, Billy. I mean, that's the one thing that Luke Fickle has been able to get. And, and mainly it started on the defensive side of the ball, the kids he recruited, those high-level kids from what he calls the state of Cincinnati within a 90-mile radius of the University of Cincinnati. But now you're starting to get some really, really good skill players on offense too, whether it be a transfer like Jerome Ford, who now has gone to the NFL playing for the Browns. But that wide receiver core, the running back core, I mean, you got Corey Kiner. He's a Cincinnati kid. Mr. Football in Ohio two years ago. He goes to LSU, then transfers to Cincinnati. But they have a whole running back room, wide receiver room that is deep. So the hurt there is obviously losing a guy like Desmond Ritter, an NFL quarterback, a four-year starter, the fourth most winningest quarterback in college football history. But on the flip side, we kind of talk about Ben Bryant going to Eastern Michigan. It's like he went to, to the minors, went to AAA, played there at Eastern Michigan for a year. Now he's back as him and Evan Prater battled. And Prater had some playing time last week because, or two weeks ago before the bye because Ben Bryant got knocked out of the game with a concussion, ends up leading UC to a win over UC, USF in a tough game. So you could see more packages where Evan Prater comes in, but I think Ben Bryant will be healthy, ready to go, and be the starter here on Saturday. And, and as always, he's got skill position players to, to dish it out to and, and you know still make plays. This defense always a challenge to face. They, they're so aggressive. And the leader of that group is Ivan Pace. I mean, we know what Cincinnati had last year, especially, you know, with Sauce back there. But I, Ivan Pace seems to really be one of the best defensive players in college football right now. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. He has been one of the best players in college football. Ivan Pace, you know, he plays with his brother Deshaun, and they both start. Uh, they're, they're Coleraine High School products, a big powerhouse here in the Cincinnati area. And, and Ivan has been not just meeting, but exceeding expectations for that defense. I mean, he just flies around. I, I've seen, and so have you, a lot of great high school and college athletes. He's one of those guys that on Saturday, Billy, when you're inside the stadium there in Dallas, you're going to notice him every play. You know, he's big, he's strong, he's physical. And he's like a magnet to the ball. I've never seen a guy, maybe not never, but there's very few times you see a guy that's just a magnet to the football like Ivan Pace is. He is so much fun to watch. Yeah, and you look at this defense, you know, giving up about 21 points a game. Nobody's really kind of gotten a hold of them and, you know, for the most part, embarrassed them. Not surprising. What's been the key with some of the, the turnover that they have had to keeping that? still high level of play where opponents aren't really able to get much going offensively. I'm sure part of it here and there is, is, you know, just that Luke fickle, you know, scheme and, and, and you know, coach Trestle. Uh, but what, what are they, what are they doing so well this year? Uh, I think part of it is they rotate a lot, especially up front. They mix it up. Um, and that's been the staple at Cincinnati with, with the scheme since, you know, Luke fickle got here with Marcus Freeman and now coach Trestle's, you know, and Fickle are working on that together. But so you got guys that come in and they're three or four star guys that start playing as freshmen. And so they get that experience just being situational, whether it be third down, goal line, special teams. So when you do lose a guy like Sauce Gardner, Sauce Gardner or my Jay Sanders up front, you have dudes that have been there before, just not that frequent 
where they get in there, they're comfortable, they're ready to go. But I mean, you, we already talked about some of them. Ivan Pace is better to Sean. Arquan Bush is a guy who is a potential draft pick for Cincinnati in that secondary. Javon Hicks is another kid from Coleraine High School. So you have three kids from the same high school in Cincinnati on this starting defense. But then up front, you have Juwan Briggs, Jabari Taylor. I mean, these dudes are guys that played a lot last year and rotated in even, you know, Juwan started. So they lost a lot, but still there's just a wealth of talent, you know, being in the recruiting game. When you can recruit at a high level like Luke Fickle and his staff has done, you're able to just, like I said earlier, not just rebuild, but reload. And, you know, when that defense just sets the tone so well for them. And, you know, last year when SMU went up there, look, things were starting to spiral out of control in Dallas a little bit. But that was an SMU team that just, one, didn't show up, didn't get off the bus in general. But then it was just extrapolated with all the mistakes and Cincinnati making some big plays. Um, You know, the offense last year was what carried that team in in a way in that game just you know, capitalizing, what part of the team really carries this this version of the Bearcats? You know, you, you had Desmond Ritter as this superstar. You had mm-hmm. Sauce Gardner as a superstar. Where, where is it this year that you feel like they're really, you know, playing at uh, an elite level? I still think it's the defense. I mean, they're the, that's how it's been at Cincinnati for Fickle's entire tenure. Now, last year, they were super explosive on offense. They could put up points with anyone besides Alabama when that happened in the semifinal game for the national championship. But I still think it's the defense. I mean, they set the tone, the offense in that Arkansas game had some struggles, but then was able to get things going. It's kind of like, and I'm sure a lot of of your, your fans and listeners and subscribers are big NFL fans too. The, The Bengals and the Bearcats have very similar issues where they'll start kind of slow on offense. Defense keeps them in games. And then you wait for that offense to kind of like flip, Fit, flip the switch. So I think defense is still what they hang their hat on. Uh, any idea of how this one plays out? I mean, I, I'm sure you're going to pick the Bearcats. I, I'm picking <laughs> the Bearcats, but do, do you see this one as one that kind of maybe regresses more towards what we saw two years ago? Do you think Cincinnati's still that good that they have a chance to blow this up? Because Vegas has it right now, I think, as a two, three point spread. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a close game for most of it. Probably more of that game you described two years ago down there in Dallas where Desmond Ritter had that like 92-yard touchdown run to really blow it open in the fourth quarter. But you got to remember, you know, they had the bye. So Cincinnati's rested up. But Ben Bryant was knocked out of that game with a concussion. He returns to practice. Coach Fickle said earlier this week that he's hopeful he'll be there, able to play. Same with Tyler Scott, one of their skill wide receivers. They're going to play. I think that's 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 coach talk. You've been to enough press conferences where you know that. But I I feel like it could be one of those games that's like, I don't know, 21-21 going to the fourth quarter, and then Cincinnati could start to pull away. A little rusty off a bye. Ben Bryant, like we talked about coming back from that concussion. I think Cincinnati's going to win, but maybe by a touchdown, 10 points, not, not a big spread. I agree with you. What was Arkansas's key? I know first games are kind of weird sometimes, but when you looked at that one, what was their key to get in Cincinnati, you know, a position where they weren't able to you know, come back and, and, and win that one? 
Well, they had a dynamic quarterback that was able to get to the outside and obviously burn Cincinnati with his wheels. Um, so that, that, that was not fun against, against Coach Fickle. He wasn't happy about that. But penalties were huge. I mean, they got penalized for holding false starts. I mean, penalties killed them. So if, if they get off the rails with that, that's something that could certainly hurt Cincinnati's chances at winning this ball game or pulling away. Um, Arkansas did a good job at bringing pressure too on Ben, you know, th- those SEC fronts and Cincinnati's, you know, they look close to an SEC team with size now, but still when you go up against an SEC front, you saw it against Alabama. It's just different with a, that type of defensive line. Um, but the key there, I mean, Ben Bryant had two or three big pass plays where he just missed and it was game changers. So if you can rattle him a little bit. Get him to overthrow, underthrow. That's going to be a key for SMU. Well, and actually Cincinnati, I just want to go ahead and check that out. But in terms of penalty yards uh, per game, SMU sitting uh, inside the top 25, tied at number 25 right now, or 24 with Northwestern. Cincinnati all the way down uh, in the 120, uh, 129, right next to Alabama. So very interesting uh, and another uh, future Big 12 team, I guess, down there in Houston as well, ranking last in the country in penalty yards per game. So, look, that's There's one a of problem those... in Houston. Yeah, there is a little bit of a problem in, uh, in Houston. They, when you go on the road, you can't – and SMU saw this with turnovers, but also penalties, same kind of story. You can't get yourself behind the chains with penalties. You can't give, give away free first downs. And, you know, for She Rice plays, he's been battling that turf toe. He draws a – you know, pass interference, call a game or two. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's something that, that sets Cincinnati back here and there. Because we all know AAC officiating is the best it's, in the land. It, it's, hey, it's, the I, SEC, it's the SEC of officiating. It clearly means more to the officials. I will not miss the American Conference uh, officiating at all, whether it be football or basketball. That is as BS as it gets. I can say that on here. Is that fine? Yeah, it's fine. That's fine. It, yeah, it, you're referencing the box sports of your chatterbox sports. So there you exactly. go. Exactly. Or my initials, Brandon Sayo. I got a lot yeah. of BS in me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're low quality like the officiating. So there you go. Wow. All right. Well, that'll be my last time on the Pony Express. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, uh, that's not true. But uh, we will uh, have you back on uh, for basketball season. Uh, gearing up for uh, one final run, it looks like here uh, with SMU and Cincinnati in the same league. Hopefully, um, honestly, both teams can figure out a way to maybe play a little bit in, in the non-conference because it's a it's definitely been a fun rivalry. Not as much as fun fun as late for SMU, but uh, look, it it's been fun. We'll uh, we'll see if we have you on uh, next football season, but probably not. And uh, <laughs> look, this is it's been fun having you on. Thanks for doing this, Brandon. And uh, congrats on the new gig at Chatterbox Sports. Check them out. Brandon Seho on Twitter, guys. Thanks so much, Billy. And maybe we'll do the live podcast in Dallas for basketball season for the basketball game. Bring it on. Bring it on. We'll, we'll get a whole setup. We'll go to Milo's or Barley House or where's the, what's the margarita place before the game? Banditos. Banditos. Yes. Yeah, that was that was dangerous. Yes, that was very, very but dangerous. In a good way, though. We had fun. Yeah, we had fun. We were safe, uh, Ubered everywhere. And, and uh, you know, Brandon certainly had a lot of cheer about uh, that SMU Cincinnati uh, basketball game there. 
All right, guys. Thank you guys for listening to that uh, interview with Brandon Seho. On the other side of this break, we'll be back with more. Uh, going to preview the rest of the game against Cincinnati. Uh, share some notes on SMU side of things. But for now, thanks so much, Brandon Seho, for joining us. And uh, we look forward to having you on again soon. Sounds good, Billy. Thank you. All right, everyone. That was Brandon Seho joining the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview with him. We're going to talk a little bit more about SMU heading into the Cincinnati game. Some big things uh, to kind of watch as this one gets ready to kick off 11 a.m. Central inside Ford Stadium. The Mustangs uh, going to have to uh, potentially do it without Rasheed Rice. He is, uh, you know, right now questionable, I would say, for this football game. Uh, Wasn't at practice on Wednesday when we were out there. Uh, is dealing with that turf toe. He has been able to play through it. I will say that he's had it for a couple weeks now. Uh, Rhett Lashley made the joke on his radio show uh, that uh, against Navy with his big reception, he probably would have scored uh, if not for, you know, what he's been dealing with there. And so hopefully if you're SMU, they're able to get him some more treatment, get him some more Uh, time with the trainers to get that foot healthy. It's obviously something that is just brutal to have to play through. I mean, it's a nagging type of injury uh, and situation for guys to play through. And and as an explosive player like Rasheed Rice, um, obviously very difficult to deal with. So Rasheed Rice, I would say questionable right now for this game. Um, Some other injury updates of note, though. Uh, Linebacker Jimmy Phillips, who exited the Navy game early, uh, he had an, a nagging injury, it sounds like, that he just wasn't able to play through. He's practiced all week. He looks like he's going to be good to go for this one. And another player uh, who SMU needs on his on their defense is, is, is Jimmy Phillips. You know, Navy certainly was able to be contained for the most part. But Rhett Lashley talked about it a lot. Scott Simons talked about it a lot. You lose one of your key linebackers. You lose a guy in that rotation who's going to play a lot of snaps. That can affect guys, especially late in the game. You look at the fourth quarter, where guys are at physically. Uh, that's a tough one sometimes to overcome. So uh, Jimmy Phillips looks like he's going to be back against Cincinnati. That'll be really, really important. Uh, they'll have to defend you know, guys like Corey Kiner in that backfield for Cincinnati. Ben Bryan isn't necessarily the runner that Desmond Ritter was, but uh, SMU is going to need uh, Jimmy Phillips. On the flip side of things, Bo Corrales is going to join Jake Bailey is, is what it sounds like on the quote-unquote IR, out for the year, um, you know, tried to play through that shoulder and just could not. Um, so we'll see if he's back for an extra year. Um, he could get a medical redshirt and play yet another year. Um, but also worth noting, he's been through a lot injury-wise. So he's out there practice supporting the guys, but that'll allow some other players more opportunities to step up. Calvin Wiggins was in red this week after getting hurt on that um, drop. Uh, touchdown that he could have hauled in uh, against Navy. We'll see if he's able to go, but uh, he was practicing this week. He's somebody that, look, has to step up, has to find a way. I don't know if he'll get as many opportunities now, but he's got to step up uh, when given opportunities. You've got Rasheed Rice. If he's out, makes it even more important. But then you've got, all right, Moochie Dixon, Jordan Curley, um, Roderick Daniels, uh, Dylan Goffney, all who stepped up last week and made an impact. So did Austin Upshaw with one key catch. The tight ends are going to get a boost. It looks like Nolan Matthews Harris was a full go at practice all week. Uh, you know, he's another guy. Hasn't been able to stay healthy this year. It's been unfortunate for him. 
Uh, he was looking to, you know, really break out this year and, and step up as, you know, the next key tight end for SMU. RJ Maryland, who was quiet last game against Navy. This is an opportunity, I think, for him where if they can get some mismatches, maybe he makes some key plays and SMU is able to take advantage of him in the passing game. Now, looking ahead uh, on that injury front, Marcus Bryant looks like he's going to be able to go this week, but probably a little questionable. Jalen Thomas had his best game from what Rhett Lashley has said. Is he good enough right now to keep Owen Condon out of the starting lineup? That's a big question. I, I think your best five is who went down there to UCF. Marcus Bryant, uh, Joe Bissinger, Branson Hickman, who's been really phenomenal, I think, all season. Uh, right guard, uh, uh, Justin Osborne, and then Jalen Thomas on that right side. So be interesting to see what SMU does if they do, in fact, have that full complement of, let's say, the six offensive linemen and then seven with Ben Sparks that they've really been playing a lot with. Um, I, I think your best five, though, is the one that went down to UCF. And I think for the most part, honestly, I know SMU didn't finish offensively in that game. We've covered that a lot. Uh, but I felt like that was the best game the SMU offensive line's played all season. So let's finish up with a, a couple more injury notes. Looks like Trey Siggers is going to be out a while, is what Rhett Lashley said. Honestly, it, it doesn't, it just doesn't look good. He's limping around at practice. He's not practicing, but just walking around on that knee. I think he's somebody that we could be looking at a situation where honestly he could be done for the year. Um, hopefully he can kind of get back into the later half of the uh, conference schedule, uh, maybe like a two lane game. You then by then kind of giving him a month off. Um, they would love to have him back sooner, but it just looks like something right now that it doesn't look like he's close to playing. Velton Gardner going to be a game time decision. He couldn't go last week with whatever he's dealing with. Um, he just wasn't able to do it against Navy. He, SMU would love to have him again uh, against Cincinnati just with his, I think, vision and just kind of craftiness. He hasn't been perfect by any means, and that's the SMU run run game overall this season. Um, it's been, you know, kind of poor, but he is probably your best option in the backfield. So if they can get him back, that'd be a big boost. He's looked good running around in practice, but, you know, you never know with some of these injuries, whatever these guys are dealing with, uh, we'll continue to track that one as well. So, with that, guys, I am going to pick SMU to lose this game uh, against Cincinnati. I, I really do think it's a game that they're capable of winning. I, I've said this all year. I think this is a team that when they're playing at a high level, when they don't turn the ball over and they can kind of limit some explosive plays on defense, they're, they're, they can hang with anyone. They can beat anyone on their schedule. Cincinnati is just a kind of a different animal. They're so well coached. This year, they have not been their normal selves, I think. First of all, we talked about with Brandon about how they are the third worst team in college football in penalty yards per game. Ben Bryan has thrown at least one interception, I believe, each of the last four or five games. So most of their schedule. That stands out to me in a big way. I, I think if you're Ben Bryan, I mean, you know, SMU has a chance to really build off of what they did against Navy. They can force a turnover or two, win the turnover margin. That's your roadmap to success if you're SMU. Um, Rasheed Rice playing would be huge. Getting a little bit of the run game going would be huge. Um, and like I said, making Cincinnati earn every yard uh, defensively would be massive uh, for SMU. So I am going to pick Cincinnati. I, I would kind of look dumb if I didn't. But I will say, I think SMU is very capable of winning this game. I'm going to pick Cincinnati 
to win this one 35 to 31. We'll say if this game's close, I love what Colin Rogers is doing lately. Who knows? He could be uh, the guy to get the tap to attempt a game winning field goal. And I mean, after that 46 yarder last week, he's got a lot of confidence. I have a lot of confidence in him to make that kick if he's called upon. So we'll see how it goes. Going to be a beautiful day in Dallas. Fun uh, day for homecoming. Uh, the parade gets going at 8 a.m. if you are hitting campus. So get there early or honestly, you know, get dropped off far away. If you're getting there around the time of the parade, traffic will probably start to back up as the boulevard will be closed a little earlier than normal. Um, so with that, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the podcast. Uh, we've got the chat with Brandon Seho, give you a look, look at this year's version of the Bearcats and also uh, preview the rest of the game and, and kind of where things are at injury-wise for SMU. So hope you guys enjoyed it. Please subscribe to the On the Pony Express YouTube page and subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com. Plenty of recruiting reactions from this game to come, so be sure to stick with us from start to finish, kickoff to the final whistle. We will have it all covered for you on theponyexpress.com. Thanks for listening to this edition of the podcast, and we will catch you guys next week as uh, we'll have plenty to talk about as SMU takes on Cincinnati um, and, of course, recruit reactions and things like that. So thanks for listening to this edition of the podcast, and we will catch you guys next week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.